0: Hi guys, welcome to a new episode. Super excited! So we're doing, and I'm thinking of doing an extra episode weekly. So it'll be three a week, but one will be paid—a um, paid subscription one. So again, more with the funny and embarrassing travel stories. Let me know if you guys have any. Please email me. My email will be in the description below. Also, um, the paid ones too. They're they're longer, but you know they're longer videos as well so these ones are just gonna stay short and the other ones are gonna be a little longer um but yeah so that time i accidentally went on a date with an 80 year old in liverpool i've asked, i've always considered myself a grandma in disguise after all i love baking cookies i often use the term youth non-ironically and quite frankly i'm nostalgic for for time periods i wasn't even alive to witness Sorry, For time periods, I wasn't even alive to witness. That is me. I am exactly like that. I love baking, but just Christmas time. But you know, dating a grandpa by accident, that's where I draw the line. And as absurd as it sounds, that happened. I went on a date with a man three times my age, one night in a Liverpool, all by accident. Here's the story. So let me start things off by saying I wouldn't consider it an actual date, though maybe he thought differently. Moreover, my boyfriend finds this story rather hilarious, so let's not slander my name with terms like adulteress and wench. Anyway, last summer I found myself in a Liverpool with crisis crossing England by train. What is a Liverpool? I've never heard of that before. Okay, this was a true bucket list trip for me. One that I dreamt of ever since deciding in high school that I'd be weird and listen exclusively to music that was at least 40 years older than me. Or 40 years old, sorry. So yes, an early, an early onset obsession with the Beatles is what led me to Liverpool. My visit coincided with peak season, meaning a hostel was all I could afford without sub subsisting off ramen the entire trip. I was excited though. It had been a while since I'd stayed at a hostel and I was looking forward to the social element while the social element definitely came through in a way I did not expect. One night after delighting myself with countless Beatles tours that flung my fangirl heart into overdrive, one piece that remained missing was seeing a live performance at the Cavern Club where the Beatles rocked the stage decades ago, I stopped at my hostel and to quickly drop drop off my things and rest up before attending the show. To my surprise, as I flung the door open, one of my doormates happened to slightly be above average of a backpacker by like 50 years. Oh, hello! He sang. He sang as I tiptoed in. His enthusiasm was then unden- undeniable. After an awkward hello, I quickly learned that this man easily, year 50 years my senior, was in fact a local. <clears throat> Liverpool born and raised, supposedly holed up in my hostel dorm due to some water issues at his own home. And while I was taught since birth to avoid hanging out alone in rooms with strange old men, I was captivated by his stories. He rattled on and on about what it was like to grow up in Liverpool during such an important time, and chatted about his favorite spots in the cities. Yes, he grew up with the Beatles' rise to fame. Then came t- then came my ultimate. Ultimate blunder. In an awkward attempt to fill the conversation, I asked him if he had ever seen the Beatles tribute man at the cavern club on Thursdays. His response That sounds great, let's go. Oh crap, did I just ask him out? It seems in comical twist of events he had interpreted my question as an invitation, and before I could clarify he was already rattling off how excited he was going to be again. As a safety net, I roped in another guy from the dorm to come turning my awkward maybe date into a Definite 3Z date type situation. We took the short five minute walk to the Cavern Club and as I slipped through those iconic doors to see the exact setting where the Beatles performed decades ago, I temporarily forgot I was on a date with a strange old man. What about my safety net invite you might ask? Let me tell you, that man did not stick around. He soon faded to the back of the room and left me alone with my granddate, who had sweetly scavenged some beers for us as the concert began, but I was too blissed out to care. After all, I was in the Cavern Club watching a Beatles tribute, that tr- tribute band that, to my blurry vision, was a dead ringer for the real fab for This Was Living. Of course, there were moments here and there that would snap me back to my bizarre reality, like when grand date uh, grand date, tried to teach me how to twist, or when he tapped me on the shoulder mid-twist to say, I'm so glad you dragged me out, like, dragged me to this, like, likely to the horror of anyone who could hear. But most curious of all, when briefly after the intermission, I turned to my side mid-jam and found my grand date nowhere to be found, gone like the wind, replaced with a wall of drunk tourists apparently had been ghosted. After the concert, I walked back to the ho- hostel, soaking in the brisk liverpool air trying to process the simultaneous euphoria of a bucket list concert and the bizarre company and mistakenly roped into the ordeal and just as i pondered the mystery of disappearing date i slipped into our shared hostel dorm and found him snoring away in his bottom bunk dreaming of the golden days where he'd twist and shut the night away. I slipped into my bunk dress, soaked through the, the stench of smoke and spilled beer from Cavern Club, thinking about what a weird day that all was, all in though I've had the worst dates. Was it a date, though? It wasn't clarified that it was a date, so it might not have been a date, and it might have just been hilariously, you know, like, like, as a friend kind of thing. That time I forgot an entire suitcase before a trip. Okay, I gotta read this. There are a few small times in my life when I have laughed hysterically, uncontrollably, and in sheer terror. My dear readers, today I will recount to you one of those times. This is the story of how I once managed to forget an entire suitcase on my way to a trip. No, I did not leave it at a bus stop. I did not neglig- negligently... Have it taken from me in a busy street? No, I simply left it on the floor, meticulously packed on the dusty carpet of my studio apartment, probably wondering why his mommy left him. It was a hazy November evening. Specifically, it was Black Friday. Exhausted from a recent press trip and the daunting catch-up to be played that morning, I can fully admit I was not myself. Mentally speaking, marbles might have been lost or destroyed entirely. But a Christmas market getaway was soon to be my reward for a hard day's work. My to-do list that day was only the only thing standing between me at a weekend in Useldorf, Useldorf, munching on bonbons and frolicking wherever the gluey was fresh. So this is German. I'm assuming in Germany. I've heard about that market, and it sounds like such a beautiful market to go um and check out. So de- so dutif- dutifully, I started my day by packing for the weekend and then proceeded to spend the next eight hours glued at my desk, clacking away at the keyboard. When my boyfriend got home from work, we had to act fast. Our train was set to depart with the hour, so it was very much a grab bags and go situation. Luckily, having pre-packed, I felt pretty smug as he darted around trying to find his toothpaste while shoving all of his things in an oversized duffel. I was clacking away at my keyboard up until the moment he said "time to go," at which I point I threw my laptop in my backpack and off we went. Throughout the fifteen-minute commute to Munich's main train station, I kept my nose glued to my phone, attemp- attempting in earnest to craft the perfect caption for a Facebook post. How cosmopolitan of me, I thought. A woman on the go juggling, work so effortlessly, en route to a weekend away in a new glassy in a glassy new city. I am Carrie Bradshaw meets Michelle Obama. I gloated giddily to myself, thumbs still working as the U Bahn came to a slow crawl. Hot hoppana. Central Station. That's me, the woman on the go. It was at this moment that I felt the emptiness of my hands. I did not, I didn't have any of my stuff. In horror, I realized I hadn't brought the suitcase I had so difficulty packed. I had so dutifully packed. I had nothing on me but my small black backpack with my laptop and camera. But with my train leaving in 10 minutes, I had to go. Forget running back to get my suitcase. I had to bust my butt to make it onto the train. Luckily, I did. And so I sat on my overheated train bound for deuce silk Ford five hours ahead to allow fully gravity of my problem sink in. I had no clothes. Nothing but the woolen granny sweater I threw on last minute and a blank black tank top, which was sure to be caked soon within 72 hours of sweat and humiliation. And my boyfriend, <coughs> smugly unhelpful. There are a few moments in my life... That I'm not ter- ter- terribly proud of. In the aftermath of my realization and amidst the hysterical laughter that followed, I would have traded places with any of those prior moments 20 times over. But as they say, even lemons can can be made into lemonade. I hurled myself into a DM upon arrival uh, and stocked up on makeup and hygiene essentials and treated myself to a dorky Christmas sweater to last me the rest of the weekend so I had at least one outfit change. Add, add on some borrowed clothes from my cooperative boyfriend and I was back in business, able to frolic and enjoy Dusseldorf's Christmas markets to my heart's content. 72 hours later, when I arrived back home to Munich, I couldn't help but laugh hysterically a final time as I saw my sad suitcase sitting in the middle of the room handle up, ready to go, exactly as I had left it only a few short days ago. Maybe next time maybe next time that's hilarious i've never forgotten a suitcase i get some some sort of travel anxiety so i gotta make sure everything is with me you know in a sense okay this one i gotta read because this is this sounds interesting um, but going back to that suitcase, I've never forgotten. I've only, it's only been lost once. I have travel stories, but they're nothing to do with a suitcase, surprisingly. I've only lost it once, and that was this past August. Okay, so I often, this one here, it's called That Time My Boat in Venice Vanished. I often speak about my travel experiences with a fairly a rosy lens, with words like magical, enchanting, and postcard perfect getting prominent use in my admittedly disney-fied vocabulary but there are travel experiences that jade even me the token overexcited corgi of the travel blogger world today i'd like to share with you one of those items this is the untold story of my boat when my boat in venice vanished and the whirlwind held hell that ensued excuse me once upon a time when i was still in interning for a river cruise company as a photo reporter it was my actual job to visit magical places live on boats and document the whole thing and document the whole thing my fifth cruise brought me to Venice one of the most romantic cities in the entire world i had been there before once as a high schooler and i couldn't wait to see it again in my more mature form as i rode from the airport to the docks i passed through an industrial side of venice i had never seen before giant loading zones from mammoth cruise ships mammoth cruise ships and woe roads the venice i knew didn't have roads as we reached our stop san basilio docked. my taxi driver pulled into an empty parking lot and gestured unhelpfully towards the water boats there at the time i was confident i'd figure it out there was no time to clarify or press i was in the venice or i was in venice there was pasta to be eaten gondoliers to fall in love with, or, you know, at the very least, many tourist pictures to photobomb. And so I made my way along the water, passing super yachts, cruises, little dinghies. I didn't know how long I'd, I'd have to walk, but at this point, I had seen the cruises multiple times. I thought I'd recognize it instantly, so I wasn't worried. About 15 minutes later, the delayed worry began to kick in. Where was this stupid boat? Nervously I dragged my rolling suitcase across the rickety uh, cobblestones demolishing the romantic ambience with my utter lack of grace I still do wonder how many proposals I ruined that night I up and down I searched for my boat I doubled back I doubled back twice as the sun sank lower and lower Behind the rippling waves of blue, in my panic, I ducked only into the official-looking building around showing someone a printout of my boat's name and the printed instructions to visit the exact dock. The burly Italian man with orange sunburnt skin squinted at my papers, then with four words destroyed my already shaky sense of confidence. Miss Michelangelo, no, here, he accompanied his harsh words with an even harsher made with his arms to really hammer in the fact that, no, this boat was not here. I was kind of homeless in Venice and had no real idea where I actually was. All I could muster was a weak okay as I escaped outside to contemplate my demise. Searching through all my papers in a panic, I finally found the boat's number. A fast-talking Italian woman greeted me on the other end. No, 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 we are not at San Basilio. Walking will take one and a half hours, take the vaporetto, and the rest of the directions came out in jumbled, frenzied mess capped off with an okay bye. It turned out the boat had not simply vanished, but was docked elsewhere for the night due to scheduling water levels. But how was I supposed to get there? Nervously, I rattled to the first Vaporetto spot I could see. I didn't know how to read the timetable, so I just stood there and literally stared. I was the definition of helpless. The Vaporetto schedules made no sense. It was getting dark. I had no idea how to get to this boat. And I was quite honestly certain of my imminent death. <coughs> then a voice came from nowhere. Do you need help? There stood a short, thin man, teeth so bright they practically glowed. Over a short conversation, I found that he had lived in Montreal for 10 years, now in Venice for 20, and knew the city like the back of his hand. I told him the the name of my new location, and he explained the complicated route to me, which required two Vaporetto transfers and a short walk in the dark. My eyes were glazed over. I had no idea what, what he was saying, and so Mr. Mysterious Montreal stood with me as a countless boats passed. Not this one, he would repeat. He probably had kids wondering where the heck he was all night helping a useless Canadian girl. Kids helping a useless Canadian girl. Um. (laughs) Then it came to... Vaporato too, like an action movie right before an impending impen- explosion, he held his foot down on the boat, extending his hand and shoving me on board through the exit. I sat there in fear the entire time, clutching my suitcase like my firstborn as the Ven- Venetian sun came down. For a brief second, the worry dissipated as I caught a glimpse of the final shreds of orangey sunset in the sky I followed the steps as advised and arrived a boat like a traumatized puppy drained and in need of a good cuddle. And so as I entered my tiny cabin home for the next week, I set my bags down and heaved a sigh of relief. I didn't die in venice that night, that night but what happened the day after made me wish I had. But of course that story should be continued. Uh. What? where's the start where's the wait I want to read the rest of the story what okay wait no I think yeah okay I, I think it's right so I'm uh, here I didn't that night okay so this is continuation. we'll do the two continuations I believe it's two out of three and then I'll finish off. Okay, <laughs> that time I paraded in Venice in a chocolate goatee. I embarrass myself often, but there are often times far worse than others that make me wish I could buy a secluded cabin in the woods and never see another human again. This tale of chocolate goatee was one of such items or such times when I arrived in Venice to find a, my boat that was nowhere to be found. I was traumatized and in need of some serious dessert therapy. With a free date... Before my cruise was set to begin, I was working on board as the resident blogger slash photographer. I decided to embark on a personal mission to eat the woes away. Find the largest gelato I could find and eat it. So that's what I did. If my life were coming-of-age film, this would have been the montage scene of me living my best life to upbeat music, dancing through the streets of Venice as a liberated solo female traveler. I escaped into narrow streets, skipped across bridges, and you know, embraced a day of feeling. Pretty, oh my God! Pretty darn pleased with myself. I felt like James Bond gliding through the streets, only with such with a much less serious action. Um, a serious mission to find and consume a gelato size of my face and i found one a perfect giant gelato cone to the face of my to the size of my face four whole scoops for only 5 euros oh my gosh I ferociously wolfed it down, realizing I only had 15 minutes to get back to the boat for boarding and introductions. I would soon be officially meeting the crew I'd spend a week with alongside with the passengers I'd be tasked with interacting with. I wanted to make a good first impression. Riding off the sugar high, I was rocking my favorite dress, and I felt on top of the world as ready to impress. I walked up to the boat, many passengers already boarding. I introduced myself to passengers to crew, to pretty much anyone that would listen, because I was just so hyped on sugar. I thought I did great. Feeling mighty proud of myself for successfully interacting with humans, I walked back to my room, still riding that sugar high, and now a grossly inflated sense of self-confidence. That's when I looked in the mirror, and oh, God. It even hurts to type this right now. I had a flipping goatee. A giant chocolate goatee. What happened? Who had I pissed off in another life to warrant this kind of karma? I had a slow motion flashback to my first voracious lick of the gelato. My chin landed right on the chocolate scoop. I must have been too enamored by the treat to to notice. I had just met everyone on the boat, passengers, and crew had full-on conversations, all with a chocolate splat the size of Mount Visuevu firmly stained on my chin. It was my worst professional blunder to date, but it didn't retain that honor for long because less than a week after, I would do something far, far worse, though again, that's another story to be continued. The time I missed my flight... This is part three. When people lightheartedly ask if I've ever missed a flight, my entire body cringes because, my dear readers, the answer is yes, I have. By an entire 24 hours, you might be wondering how this is even possible. Well, here's the story. During the summer of 2015, I worked as an intern on board European River Cruises, documenting the experience for companies' blog and social media channels. My fifth cruise brought me to Venice, where I encountered a rough start the boat that vanished, and then even rougher middle, when I introduced myself to everyone while rocking a chocolate goatee. Let me know what you guys think which story of hers is worse. I think it's... Um, I actually, I'll I'll save my opinion till the end just because I haven't read this one yet. Little did I know the end of this cruise would by far take the cake, and it goes down as one of my worst travel fails in history. This whole trip sounds like a roller coaster for you. <coughs> my next destination was Croatia, the cruise I had been looking forward to most. I had heard time and time again that this was one of the company's best cruises, and I even had a friend I met on a previous cruise to set to. Work that route with me. So, on my final day in Venice, I was excitedly awaiting my taxi when I got the worst phone call I've received in my entire life. Sat in the ship's lounge, sipping a too sweet cocktail, and and my phone began to shake. Quickly lighting up with a string of mysterious numbers, nothing could have prepped me for what came next. This is the captain of Croatia Cru- Croatia, Croatian crews. Where are you? An angry voice shouted on the other side. My heart sank. My stomach dropped. I might have peed a little. Who knows? Over the course of panic conversation, I was made to realize I had somehow missed my plane by 24 hours that the crew had been expecting me since yesterday and that they were set to depart in a few hours without me on it. Through a further round of panic phone calls with my supervisor, I went through rounds of apologizing profusely, them saying they would get back to me, and then the gut-wrenching blow. There was no way i could make it to croatia in time for this cruise i felt like i could literally see my dreams get thrown out the window i ended up staying in venice an extra three days and placed on a cruise in berlin in lieu of croatia in the lower valley in france of course things could have been much worse but i couldn't shake that feeling of of complete failure and humiliation of course in time as most things do this story resolved itself the first fully sponsored trip I was offered on this blog was, you guessed it, a sailing trip through Croatia. It felt like my life had come full circle. And you know what? Things do happen for a reason. I guess sometimes um, happily ever afters come a little delayed. Absolutely, they do. But this is by far, I would say, the first one your boat. Like, trying trying to figure out the boat. Trying to figure things out in a totally foreign country that you're not used to. Is probably one of the most difficult things you can probably figure out, especially if it's in a different language than that you're used to. And that is it for you guys. I'm super excited to share this one with you guys. And yeah, this one was a little bit longer, but that's because I wanted to go through those stories. Monday, you will get an exclusive. I did lower the pay to $0.99 a month just because I know... Pay is not Paying for things is not easy right now, so I thought $0.99 cents would be perfect. You guys have, and because nothing is ever $0.99 cents anymore. So if that's possible, I'll make it possible. But you guys have a wonderful rest of your evening, and we'll chat soon. Bye now.